The New Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of The New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments, and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hey, it's Andy back here and welcome to the New Grad Physio podcast. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about neck pain and neck pain and probably goes along with spinal pain um, generally is it's one of those areas of the body that a lot of therapists just do not like treating and particularly with, particularly with the neck if your patient has nerve-based symptoms. They've got symptoms down into their shoulder, into their arm, down into their hand and fingers. So one of the big worries as a therapist is that you might miss something serious, something sinister. You might make your patient's symptoms worse by your interventions, your hands-on work, your rehab, and potentially cause more damage. But whatever the reason that you might be apprehensive or worried about treating patients with neck pain, this is not great because this, I guess, fear and apprehension affects your ability to clinically reason, to think clearly, and actually in turn help your patient with their neck pain. And there are many misconceptions around neck pain. So what I thought would be good it was to give you three tips to help you make a better sense of patients that you're seeing with neck pain. So you feel, I guess, more confident, more skilled treating patients with neck pain. And even those with, you know, more severe, more irritable symptoms that more experienced therapists that might have failed to help in the past. So number one is not all neck pain is sinister. So this is the big misconception around neck pain and it is that all neck pain is serious and that you need to be super cautious when dealing with patients that have neck pain, particularly those patients that have that neural based symptoms. And I think this problem goes back to our teaching at university where there was a dare I say, some sort of scaremongery around spinal pain and particularly around referred and, and neural pain. And I guess we spent so much time teaching, learning about all the sinister issues, learning things like your red flag questions, which are clearly a, a really important to screen for serious injuries during any 
spinal assessment and you need to do these with patients with neck pain 100% every single time because you need to make sure that they don't have these sinister symptoms, that they don't have serious injury before you, I guess, consider getting your hands on, testing them out, hands on rehab. Um, it's, that's, that, that's pretty pretty clear. So you, firstly, you make sure that your patient's in the right place and that you're safe with your with your approach. But many therapists, even when they have cleared these types of problems during the subjective assessment and use those special questions, like with the neck, we'll use those five Ds and three Ns. Sometimes you still worry, and, and many therapists are exactly the, the same. You know, in theory, you've cleared the neck of any sinister problem, but you still fear doing more harm than, than good, that lingering doubt in the back of your mind that you've missed something. And the result is that you do very little you know, you're very cautious with what rehab you might give. You're very cautious with any hands-on work that you might do. Or sometimes even worse, what you might do is completely be hands-off. You tell your patient to rest because you fear doing more harm than good with your treatments and rehab. But one thing you really need to understand with you know, neck pain is that almost all patients do not have a sinister neck problem and that most patients nearly all patients need your help done. They need hands-on work. They need rehab, sometimes both, to help them get better. So that hands-off approach that you may have used in the past is actually detrimental if you think about it because what you're actually doing is withholding interventions, your hands-on treatments, your rehab, that's actually going to help your patient get out of pain and improve their function. Number two is find what aggravated them and then do the opposite. This is probably the most obvious concept in physiotherapy, yet sometimes we, we forget about it. So when you're going through your assessment, particularly your subjective, you're going to ask your patient what sort of things aggravate them, what positions, what movements, what activities cause their symptoms to get worse. On the flip side, you ask the same questions and try and find out what makes their symptoms get better. They're your aggravating and easing factors. That's something you already do. I, I'm certain of that. When you get these, you know, these these markers and you might give them a score, for example, you might give someone a pain score doing a particular activity. This is not just a subjective marker. Clearly, this is important and you can use it as one way to judge whether your interventions are helping you and your patient is improving session to session. But more helpful for you as a therapist is that is actually telling you what to do with your treatments and rehab. So put really simply, in rehab, what we want to do is more of what improves your patient's symptoms, i.e. those easing factors, and less of what aggravates their symptoms, those aggravating factors. This sounds super simple, but, but it is true. So avoiding certain positions or activities, so again, those aggravating factors might come in the form of education, where you might help your patient understand what they can do day-to-day to avoid irritating their neck pain. In terms of your hands-on treatments and rehab, what your patient tells you in terms of their easing factors is going to give you a big clue as to what might help their symptoms and help you pick the right exercises in their you know, home exercise program. So as an example with neck pain, if your patient's neck pain gets worse with, say, cervical rotation or flexion to the same side, which we commonly see with patients with facet joint, with disc or nerve root irritation, then exercises that do the opposite, 
that are actually going to open up that side of the neck, like exercises that might involve left side flexion or left rotation might seem the most appropriate. Now, this is pretty, pretty simple stuff, um, isn't it? But sometimes we forget about the basic stuff and the simple stuff and some, sometimes try and make things too complicated. Always remember, your patient's story is going to give you clues. If you ask the right questions and listen to your patient, they will help guide you as to where to start with your treatment plan. And then number three, treat the site, find the source. So with the exception of trauma and traumatic neck pain, where your patient might have been involved in an accident or you know a road traffic accident or something like that, you will often need to treat not only the site of pain, but also identify why this neck pain started in the first place. So most of the patients that we see and you see are likely to have had insidious onset neck pain. So of course you still need to treat the neck. You need to dampen down their symptoms, restore range of movement, strength, whatever it may be you identify as issues during their objective assessment. But with insidious onset injuries, you also need to identify why the neck has become overloaded in the first place there's, there's always a reason and you need to be able to identify what that may be because as good as your neck rehab might be you might develop the best neck rehab program in the world if you've not identified what has caused the neck to flare up and overload in the first place and if you don't fix up this problem despite this you know fantastic neck pain program and rehab the likelihood is the reason their neck pain started in the first place. The problem that's caused their neck pain in the first place is still there. You've treated the symptoms, you've you know, dampened down the pain, improved range of movement and all those things that we need to do. But the issue and the reason their neck overloaded in the first place is still there. And if you've not identified that and treated that, there's a big chance that once they go back to normal life, their symptoms are gonna come back, often very quickly. The site and source of a patient's neck pain can often be different so you might need to identify and treat both so this is the type of thing that I cover quite you know quite often in my new graph physio membership and every week I post a case study into the members area in my private community group last week was a patient with um, neck pain who'd been struggling with some nerve symptoms down into his arm and hand that wasn't improving with the previous physio sessions he'd be having elsewhere. So this was a real case taken from a, a private um, pain client in my sort of private clinic. And I post these types of case studies in the group every single week so that therapists can take a look and clinically reason how they would manage this type of problem. So one of the, the, the beauties of this is that you get to see the case study. You get to you know to see pathologies and injuries that you might not have covered at university or had the experience of seeing before. And then, so I post a case study, the, the information at the start of the week, and I give the opportunity then for the, the members of my new physio community to then clinically reason what they think is going on, what you know testing they might do. And then every Friday, I then do a live video in the group where I'll go through the case study in detail and give my reasons for the diagnosis, the prognosis, um, what treatments and rehab I might have used, what testing I might have used during my assessment specific to that, that case study. So this gives, I guess, you a chance to clinically reason what you might do if you saw a similar patient yourself in your own clinic without actually having to do it 
you know, there and then. So it's it's really hard trying to think on your feet sometimes when your patient stood in front of you. You know, you're trying to work everything out when they're when they're right there in front of you, sort of in in the clinic. But by getting the opportunity to, I guess, to practice these scenarios out before they happen, you're in a really good spot and you're really confident. And you feel like you've got the school the the skill, sorry, and then and the knowledge base to actually help the patients when they when they walk through your door. You know, these are not made up case studies that you might see in a test book or those that you you know you use when practicing you know, these are real patients, um, you know, in, in the real world and with, with real symptoms. And this is how patients present and not often like the so called textbook cases that we, we often are led to believe at university. So is this something that you think could help improve your knowledge? Would seeing case studies and getting support and help like this really help you improve your knowledge and clinical reasoning skills? If so, then if you want to hear more, then head to www.newgraphphysio.com forward slash membership to find more about my New Graph Physio membership and learn how to get involved. So as always, Big thanks for joining me on the podcast. I also really appreciate your time and attention. Hope you've taken some tips and knowledge away on this um, particular episode in regards to, to neck pain. As always, any questions, please just hit me up. Just reach out to me and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. So enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you have planned, and I'll speak to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to the New Grad Physio podcast. Before you head off, I just wanted to make sure you did not miss this. Alongside his podcast, Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, The Five Breakthrough Steps to Confidently Treat the Shoulder Right Every Time, Avoid Mistakes and Stop You Feeling Less Adequate Than Other New Grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new Grad Physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.